death. I like death with sex. How about you, Casey? You like sex with death? Yeah, so fuck off and die. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Detective. Thrill me. Hello and welcome to Betrothed, a couple's guide to genre film. I'm your host, Chris, and with me, as always, and forever, is Katie. Hi, I love you so much. That was so gross. Oh my god, you make me fucking sick. I know, I used to love you a little bit. Mm. Um, We are going to guide you through um, the quarantine times, well, to get started, because look, we started this thing during the quarantine uh, that is going on worldwide. Um, So, just figured we'd reinvent the wheel. Yep. And um, sit down in a room while we're stuck here and talk about movies. Well, getting through B movies is a really important part of our relationship and learning how to, you know, live together for 10 years, a little over now, tolerate one another and, mm-hmm. you know, find the, the the middle ground, the common ground. I mean, it's not a surprise that the B movies came to you. Yeah. I didn't have to learn to deal with it. Correct. And as I sit in this beautiful room full mm. of memorabilia and man toys that most of which I've purchased for you. Well, I'm being saluted by Picard (laughs) and threatened by Freddy all at once. Multiple Freddy Kruegers. Multiple. It's delightful. And I have enabled you quite a bit. Many of them have been betrothed upon you from me. Betrothed. Bequeathed. 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 That's a different thing. Uh, So we are um, here in Texas. Yes. Um, and we have a lot of friends in Los Angeles. We used to live in Los Angeles, and um, I'm really uh, miss it a lot, but I'm kind of glad right now that we're not there because we kind of can be in the suburbs here <laughs> in the midst of all this quarantine lockdown stuff. The highways are quieter than it was during Carmageddon. Yeah, so for like this moment, I'm kind of glad we're in North Texas. Yes, I, I want our neighbors to take it as seriously as those who are in a denser populated area such yeah. as los angeles because it's coming but we're hey, doing great well, and we're enjoying our time by uh digging into some great films yeah and uh just weird weird shit man um a little bit about us real quick we are um i, I used to record podcasts and um produce podcasts for jacob mirror's headgum network um did that for a long time and now we're out here because katie um, runs a speech and occupational therapy clinic out yes. here in this area. She's doing her her thing, but you have a degree. I do. I, I I'm using it so well, but I have a degree in writing for you have entertainment, BFA which... in screenwriting, basically. Yes, yes. So I that do. that really helps with movies like this that clearly don't have a script. Well, I think that the editors probably deserve an equal writing credit. I hope that they, you know, they earned their forty nine percent. Well, what we're, we're talking about today is the 1994 classic um, Tammy and the T-Rex, also known as Tammy and the Teenage T-Rex, apparently, um, according to the titles. You know, I was I had a moment of confusion in the beginning where I wasn't quite sure if it was Tanny and the T-Rex. Okay, I thought I saw Tanny 
as I well. I swore I saw it as Tamara. But then every card. time they call her Tammy, and it is written Tammy. In fact, as soon as it was over, I had to uh, Google and image search and all the artwork I could find, which, by the way, beautiful artwork for this film. Um, it all says Tammy with M's. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's the re-release poster. So, so basically, this movie... <sighs> It didn't really come out. It did. Um, so, so when this movie was made, just in, like Byron, in like yeah, exactly. So this movie was made in 1994. Um, I guess 93. I don't know. I think it, it was, was made re- in 93 and released. It in was 94. released in 94. Regardless, um, they had originally taken it and cut out all the gore and all of the dirty stuff and wanted to make it like a family friendly thing because it's got a, a T Rex in it and it's goofy. So that was the that was sort of the original thing, and so therefore it, it clearly disappeared. Well, we came so far with Jurassic Park that they knew that they had the kid audience with the dinosaurs. Well, that's what's so crazy is this is on the heels of Jurassic Park, and the puppet is beautiful. Yeah, it's the digital shots. No, no it's not. I mean, and let <laughs> me tell you why it's not. <laughs> no, the the um, it's a puppet a mother would love. I have a little bit of background on this because I did. Um, I went on. Uh, this this website Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. Um, basically, the, what happened was this movie disappeared. There's a reason why you probably have never heard of it, or you just heard about it recently. Um, when the movie came out, like I said, they they cut out a bunch of stuff and made it um, try to make it family friendly. That was not a good idea because this movie was clearly made to just be some Gonzo bananas uh, weird movie. Oh, it's art house. Um, I wouldn't call it art. When I tell well, you how it was made, you're going to... Amazon and Shutter call it art house. Okay, you could call it art house. I don't know what house that is, but it's an it's an art movie. Um, yeah, so <laughs> when... In, uh, in 1994, I'm going to just basically read this off of um, Wikipedia. Quote. The director, uh, Stuart Raffle, uh, says he was approached by a man who owned theaters in South America... And he had an animatronic T-Rex, which he was going to, which was going to a park in Texas. And the quote, he, he was quoted as saying, the eyes worked, the arms moved, the head moved. He had it for two weeks before it was going to be shipped to Texas. And he came to me and said, we can make a movie with it. I said, what's the story? And he said, I don't have a story, but we have to start filming within the month. So I wrote a story in a week. Um, that tracks. That tracks. They say that the uh, all the locations were within 25 minutes of the director's house. This also tracks. Um, there was a large fire, apparently, that took place during the shoot, and you can see some of the smoke in some shots, which I didn't notice. I noticed a lot of nonsense, but I didn't notice that. There and was the, one shot I noticed smoke, and it was not supposed to be there. Well, then that was where it was. Where was that? Because I don't even... I don't, it wasn't even paying that close of attention. That was the first shot where we meet the mechanical T-Rex and the fog machine was clearly broken. Oh, <laughs> I wonder if that's what that actually was, if that was even the fog machine. I don't even know if they had a fog machine. Could they afford a fog machine on this? It was just some guy smoking a lot of cigarettes in the corner. There was a lot of cigarette smoking in this movie. And no ashing. No ashing. Big, long ashes. Um, they said that the first few minutes of the movie took place in Newberry Park, California at Newberry Park High School, and they straight up used the mascot and, uh, of the high school and their colors and decorations. So it's literally just that high school and that high school's everything. Go Panthers. Um, and then, and so when they, they, they released it that way, it disappeared. It, it, uh, I feel like there had to be 
because the two stars of this movie, and they are definitely stars in this movie, are Denise Richards and Paul Walker. I mean, I mean, rest in peace. Yeah, R.I.P. But they had to have some hand in keeping this buried, right? Because no one even heard about this movie. Like, no one knew anything about this movie until just the last couple of years. Because Vinegar Syndrome, um, they distribute a bunch of strange movies like Arrow Video and all those other type of uh, boutique um, Art house. Hard, hard media releases. They, in a way, yeah, grind. They do grind a lot of grindhouse stuff, a lot of weird stuff. If you've never heard of it, and they can find it and get it mastered and put out, they will. So basically, in, like last year in 2019, they acquired it and um, essentially reassembled it in its original form and released it for the first time. So no one had ever seen any of this the gory stuff until. Well, they're doing God's work. Yeah, clearly, uh, until this last year, but. Um, yeah, so Denise Richards and a what appears to be a 13-year-old Paul Walker. They're both quite baby-faced, but you can also tell that, that they're not that baby-faced. No, they're definitely, they feel like the youngest people in the movie. Well, yes, they're, they're definitely the youngest people in the movie. They're also portraying high school students who later have a lot of underage drinking. Well, according to this, he would have been, Paul Walker would have been about 20. Okay. 73. Okay. So that, I mean, I guess that kind of tracks. He's just so tiny. When you see him immediately, he's like, this is a little boy. I mean, he still makes you thirsty. Well, that's fair. So does Denise Richards. Jesus. So Denise Richards was, uh, uh, was 22, 23. And they do a great job with giving you exactly what you want up front, which is Denise Richards, Thriving around on the ground. Yeah, well... The opening is a terrible dance sequence where she is the worst dancer on the floor. And she's writhing around, and but it's it's like sort of a cheerleading scene? Yes, they're, they're in a high school gym. Right, so this movie, opens, this movie opens in a high school gym with cheerleaders dancing. Yes. Or practicing. It's like a rehearsal. Yes, and I wouldn't call them cheerleaders. Um, I would say they're probably, you know, dancers... Or palm, I guess. Slutty, slutty palm. They're giving their best Dallas Cowboy cheerleader out there. But either way, you 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 get that, and then you immediately have Paul Walker yes. comes into this weird gymnasium, and you're waiting for him to start throwing the bills out. It it is kind of a stripper scene, but I don't know. I, he's not really paying attention to any of them. Oh no, he has his eyes set on his one true love. Yeah, on Denise Richards. But then he comes in wearing a, a cut off sweat. What basically like they went down to the um, it's like they went down to like a spirit store and was and said, you know, give me the football player costume because it's like a generic sweatshirt that's cut off. Yes. And football pants. Yes. And it's all very dirty because coach is getting back at him. Right. But his hair is perfect. Just beautiful. And he doesn't have any of like at least they didn't do. He's all you know who he almost is. He's almost dressed like um. In Daria, yes. her boyfriend. Um, Kevin! Yeah, Kevin. He's basically dressed like that, but without the without the pads. Yeah, he's dirty Kevin. Yeah, essentially. Oh, this is working. But then, Jesus. This is a, this is a couple's guide to genre film. Um, it's actually going to be a, a couple's therapy podcast involving <laughs> terrible movies. Uh, so, so right after that, they... They have a this the tone of this movie is all over the place because they clearly made a goofy movie, right? They were doing it on purpose, 
but the the problem is I don't know what movie Denise Richards and Paul Walker are in, but they are not in this movie. No, they they're in a post all that world in a pre all that world. Like she's all that world. She's all that. I was going to say the show like Nickelodeon, all that. Yeah. Also, when I searched this show, for some reason, all that came up. So it's kind of been stuck in my what brain. What does this have to do with all that? That's weird. It doesn't. So they're in a completely different movie, though. They're they're in a they're clearly acting in a different film. Am yes. I crazy? Okay. And they're this. I thought for some reason he was trying to get her, but it seems like he's already gotten her. But he doesn't. Right, because of Billy, who we're going to meet in a minute. Oh, Billy! But the first, but you're you're skipping a very important character, the best actor in the entire movie. My so the next person that we the meet, movie. Um, they they have this scene where they 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 start talking about nonsense, and they're clearly all loving with each other. And then they leave the the gym where there was this completely nonsensical uh, dance rehearsal happening, um, and they run into the one the first minority we meet. There's only two in the movie, correct? And they're related. I wrote that down. That I was like, okay, so you made the only two minorities in the movie related. Did you catch the name? Oh, we're getting there too. Don't blow don't blow your load early. I know you haven't done a <laughs> podcast before. I just But you gotta go, you gotta ride the rails a little bit. Here. I just Byron. So Byron is the gay best friend. Byron is the best person. But Byron is a an amalgamation of all minorities. He's the less than subtle Spike Lee character from his beautiful costuming with... I oh, mean, he's, he's just... He's just... He's in full 1993, uh, like, in living color. Yes. Um, Like, uh, what's the, the other... Uh, shit. What is that show? Um, Byron is also in his own film. And dare no, I say it's a in better own, film. Byron's in, his, in a different movie. But I'm talking about... Uh, God damn it. I can't remember the name of that show. But Byron is is literally every stereotype of every minority that they needed for the movie all wrapped into one character. And he's fabulous. Yeah, he's and he's great. And he, he's he's genuinely funny. He I can tell that he's I can tell he's off book a lot. Because because oh, yes. there's not a lot. The script you when the problem is you can tell when people in this movie are on book and when they are just completely off quote unquote improvising. I wouldn't call it improvising. But you can tell when they're they're completely doing their own thing. And usually it's Denise Richards and Paul Walker who are 100% sticking to that script. Oh, yes. And they are doing some very dramatic things that don't make any sense. No. Um, until Denise Richards starts like clearly playing with Byron. Like they're like clearly just having fun. Yes. Um, but so we meet Byron. We meet the, the gay best friend. And he immediately says some stuff about how um, gorgeous Paul Walker is. But... It's real weird because they go to the same school. Yes. How are they not aware of each other? Well, because he's he comes he comes in and says, "I've been wanting to. I've been. I can't. I couldn't wait to meet him." But he's just a football player. He, they would know the football player. But maybe you know who those people met. are. You've got a jock. You've got drama club. I, I mean, guess. But well, anyway, so we go from this sort of this tone, and we get our first major tone shift. One of many. And it's the, the flower and the bracelet. I literally wrote in all caps, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because what kind of teenage quirk is chomping on... The ch- a- he eats the flower. He eats this fucking flower and I have no idea. 
there's like this rose ceremony that she pulls out <laughs> of her bag and it's a yellow yellow rose yes and when she refuses it he decides the best course of action is just to bite that motherfucker right but down when the middle. but when she gets this rose in this bracelet which is around the rose which is real weird um the whole shit whole tone shifts and she becomes this like this this full on like damsel and and uh and and is 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 like lamenting that they they can't they just they can't be together well because she's, she's going to get killed by billy she's clearly a complicated woman yeah, for a minute and then snaps out of it um and then he like i said he bites this flower and then it's a so are you going to this party et cetera, et cetera, right? And then we're back in high school. Yeah, it, it is a massive tone shift. So the, the tone in this movie shifts constantly, like yes. back and forth. It vacillates between a really goofy, wacky like uh, comedy to this weird sort of horror thriller thing they're really trying to go for to this like romantic high school drama. And, and you never know when it's going to change. It could be in the middle of a scene like we just witnessed because next we meet... B- uh, Billy. Well, and Billy's our first antagonist. Much like you don't know what direction you're going in, Billy is just one of the guys. He's a that is a bad guy. I there's I don't know who the part. I had a moment midway through this movie where I couldn't figure out who the antagonist was. Yes, not because there were so many of them, but because they were all so half-hearted that I don't know really what they're trying to accomplish. Well, but when Billy shows up. We we just you get that feeling. Billy shows up and he immediately immediately starts beating the shit out of Paul Walker. Like immediately. And but not just beating the shit out of him. Like I wrote down Billy is an amateur wrestler because he was doing like WWE moves on him. Like oh. there was no choreographer. There was no fight coordinator on this just set. Elbows and <clears throat> jumping and my personal favorite and you can only imagine what my personal favorite... Oh, you're talking about the dick grab? Oh, the dicky doorknob. The dick grab followed by the double dick grab. Oh. Was remarkable. So they were doing... This was way before... Uh, who's that wrestler that does the, the, the dick throw? Yes. Um, He's great. I can't remember. I can't remember who it is with my head. Definitely um, worth looking up, he, however. So, so the midst of this fight, they... Billy reaches down and grabs Paul Walker by the nuts. Just grabs him. Just straight up grabs him. And then talks about how he's grabbing him. Yes. Like he's selling it. And then Paul Walker reaches back and grabs him by the balls. Now, I would be remiss if I don't pause to recount how horny the onlooking blonde girl is during this whole interaction. I don't know which one. Oh, was one of the bad guy girls? Yes. The ones that all look sort of like Christina Applegate and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead? That one specifically, yes. the blonde. Looks exactly like Christina Applegate and everything in there. And I'm eyes. here for it. Oh, yeah. All day. She's so hot for this fight. Yeah. And... <laughs> She's so hot for everything. Well, because the fight ends while they're with them just essentially jerking each other off. Yes, but she she's horny from the get go. And but well, she's she is for the whole movie until her untimely uh, demise. Um, but the cops show up, which is great because you know it's a big fight when 
the teachers and principals don't get there, but the cops get there. Well, they're doing this double dick grab thing, and it slowly develops into like a bit. Yes. Like it's no longer the fight. Now they're doing a bit. The cops show up, and it becomes a, a full on bit. And it's it's a great it's a standoff. It's because a, we're meeting we're meeting our we're meeting our our two comic foil bumbling police officers. Yes. Who are awful. Oh, they're vastly underpaid for their performances. I, this, it seems like they weren't written. They just told them to do sort of a Smokey and the Bandit thing. Yes. They were just like, do that. And they yes. did that. Just don't stop. But that's all they did. And and and, and so they, they, they make them split up. And then Paul Walker admits he was wearing a cup and laughs about it. So was he faking? That's my question. Or maybe there was some cup pinchage. Because I could, I mean, I've, I'm not he's, experienced. He's feigning pain this whole time. Oh, he looks like he's in real pain to me. Side note, if you grab someone by the junk and they were wearing a cup, you'd know. Especially a comment, I mean, a fellow junk holding member. I'm just saying a cup, but a cup feels like a, a huge hard piece of plastic. Right. It's not, you're going to know... I don't know. Maybe so, he thought he was also then, really into the fight. But I also heard that cop say at one point to Billy, like, don't you know the school has a restraining order on you? Yes. So how can a, can a property or, a, or like a school put out a restraining order on a student or former student? I don't know how that would be possible. How Billy is connected to the school is very confusing. It sounds like an ex... Like, an expulsion gone wrong. That or like he's like an older boyfriend. Yes. That used to go to that school. And so many of his younger girlfriends have put restraining orders on him that the school just put a standing restraining order. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I don't know. Maybe the school just put it out that he can't be anywhere near the school. Maybe there's a restraining order from like someone who works in the school. I don't know. The guidance counselor. I think we're getting too serious about analyzing this situation with Billy. Billy's deep. Billy, <laughs> yeah, Billy is very deep. He's about as deep as a shallow bucket. You know that old saying. He's about as deep as that cup that, you know that old saying. Paul Walker was wearing. Hey, man, there's a weird, di- okay, we're going to get to that later. Oh. But, so, man, I wrote down some weird shit during this this time. I, I started theorizing, because I kind of started to like, after the double dick grab, I was very confused. I started to really think about, like, what if this is a Fast and the Furious prequel? This was also the first time I had to pause the movie to regain my composure. Why? Because I was afraid that in my dying of like wailing because of what just happened, I was going to miss something equally amazing. Yeah, I. but you didn't. No, I, I should have known that there would have been a nice lull to follow. Look, However, I, I want to be clear that I enjoyed this movie. Very fun. I really had a good time, but it is a ride. This movie is a is a huge ride. Um, but you know what? It, okay, so this is a good point. So at this point, did they go... Did This this is where they we cut to the our mad scientist for the first time. Yes, this is a very interesting... And he's... There's something very Steve Jobs about that turtleneck that he's oh, wearing. Oh, that's all I could think of. It was very Steve Jobs. But he comes in and he's the most arch. So the, the guy who plays him is Terry Kaiser and you know who that is, right? Yes. That's um weekend at Bernie's. Yes. That's Bernie. The Bernie. So so 
first of all, I'm like, okay, so this is this is Weekend at Bernie's. He he is doing the most arch villain mad scientist character you could possibly imagine, and it feels like there's no script for him either. He's just doing the most. He's doing everything. I mean, but but what he's not doing, my second favorite character in the entire film is doing Helga. Helga. Yeah. Oh, Helga. Helga cannot take keep things. Helga is his his sort of just assistant his muse says slash it's like his uh significant other sort slash of his girlfriend muscle when he needs it despite the black belt that we will soon meet oh we're gonna meet him in a second but let's talk about helga helga i got a real thing for helga from the get-go in this movie um and i think it's just because she sort of fits this profile of women that i have that we've talked about that i happen to be attracted to and and but the problem is helga Helga can't stop putting things in her mouth. This whole movie, and it and it starts slow. Helga's very mouthy. It starts slow, and I start noticing it a lot. She starts kissing Paul Walker a lot, putting things in her mouth, and and then then she starts eating things and putting more things in her mouth. And then as the movie progresses, she puts more and more things in her mouth. And even she starts gross touching things. herself more, but mostly putting stuff directly in her mouth until she's just fully eating and delivering lines at the same time. I wonder if that was on purpose because it's perfect. It's beautiful. It's a crescendo of putting things into your mouth. And I just... It's, it's where Brad Pitt got it. That's how Brad Pitt acts. He has to be eating things all yes. the time. He got it directly from yes. uh, the woman that plays Helga. Her name is Ellen Dubin, oh. who was actually in Napoleon Dynamite. Really? She was um, the, the the woman who... The girl who works at the photo place where he takes the... Napoleon takes the... Uh, thing to her house and uh uncle rico is selling trying to sell stuff to her that's her mom that's helga right um there's that's not the first time we meet a napoleon dynamite character though did you notice that no pedro is the pizza delivery guy okay i was wondering okay i hate to spoil that now but we're getting there it's coming so you said we're we're at the mad scientist's uh introductions so we meet um dr what the fuck is his name? Watchenstein. Walkenstein. Walkenstein. Gunther Walkenstein. Dr. It, uh, w. So so he comes in and he's laying out this plan where he wants to, I think, I think. Now let me get, I've been trying to figure out this plan the whole time. I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I. So he has. I have a theory. He has a, he has an animatronic dinosaur, which we meet now. Yes. Um, in a in a in his lab, which is just a warehouse. Yes. And by warehouse, I mean like roll up garage building. It's storage facility. Um, and there is a little guy controlling it, and I do mean little guy. Yes. Um, because he's sort of the sort of Igor to his Doctor Frankenstein in this. Um, even though Helga's also kind of his Igor, a lot of Igors for old Doc W. Um, he's controlling this very clearly, like. Low rent, like Chuck E. Cheese animatronic um, dinosaur. Definitely, this is not an Imagineering feat. No, he's like Doctor or even Doctor. He's like Oz behind this the is, curtain, pushing buttons, pulling levers. Right. If the if the big talking head in Oz was more Six Flags Over Texas and a little bit less Disney World. Yes, and the old man behind the curtain was a weaselly man named Carl. Right. With a receding hairline. Right. Yes. Clear. Um, at this point, I still don't know what his plan is. Well, 
there's a great illusion and he he tips to something that I just couldn't let go and this poor I I start to feel sorry for this doctor. It's clear to me early on that he has suffered a great loss. Mm-hmm. He clearly lost a childhood pet. <laughs> and this is all a bruise. So hold on, hold on, hold on. So you have put um so I you built this back, I wrote this down. So you've written a backstory for why he wants to transplant brains into inanimate objects. Well, in the brief moment that we get to meet him in this scene, right. my takeaway was old Steve Jobs, who has issues having lost a childhood pet. Mm-hmm. It's very clear to me that he needs this dinosaur to live forever because something else has left him. Okay. <laughs> he Okay, so if you want to give him... That's more backstory than the writer gave him. Oh, but I'm picking it up. Okay. My question, though, is, is he trying to make... Is he looking for immortality? No, it's not that he wants to live forever. He wants his dinosaur to live forever. But... Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I think... Okay. I don't think he cares about the animatronics part. I think he cares about transplanting the brain, right? But he doesn't actually come out and say that. In fact, later, he refers again then you will be able to live forever. He never says he wants to live forever himself. I think he understands that's too much. We don't need him forever. Okay, okay, I get that. But his plan is for, is is his plan for people to have immortality or is his plan just to see if he can do it? Because I don't understand, and I mean this in all seriousness, I'm not sure if he's trying to to transplant transplant brains into inanimate like robots brains. so that the person can then live on or is he doing it to see if that's even possible see i don't know that there is so much of a goal as there is an emotion driving him i don't i know that you have made this up I have not made this up. In fact, I know that you have to, I don't, I don't see at all where this guy is emotionally connected to we'll the thing there. that he's doing. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll move forward because we now have to meet, uh, the, the fourth bad guy, um, who is clearly a dancer slash bodybuilder slash American gladiator because he moves like a dancer Yes. This actor, like they, they wanted to hire a big, heavy, tough guy, which he is a big buff guy. Yes. But he's wearing, um, what is the, he's wearing like a leotard underneath his pants. Yes. Because he's clearly got that like, that. Uh, Very dirty dancing, but tighter. It's, it's a unitard, it's, ladies. It's like a unitard tank top. Yes. Like you'd have back in the day, but this one looks like it is, like he's wearing a full leotard underneath pants. And he even walks like a dancer. Almost like you a see, wrestler's leotard. Yeah. But like, do you see how he moves? Oh. It's very weird that they, they, they clearly got a guy who's like a gymnast, like Chippendale dancer. Yes. And he's a much better dancer than Denise Richards. <laughs> I can, he does not I mean, dance in this, but the you can ending just tell. scene is pretty fascinating, but we'll get there. Um, so then he comes in and dis- they want to, they want to show that this, this dinosaur is strong. So, they have the dinosaur basically rip off, like bite a log in half, and immediately pick. Okay, so the dinosaur with the tiny little T Rex arms picks up a barbell 
and throws it. Well, you need to remember that our fourth antagonist is handing him these objects so that we can see for a buff, beautiful queer man such as him how difficult these objects are to wield. Right. Right. So, so that we have some comparison. Like, that's not just a 45-pound oh, yeah. barbell oh, with 10-pound weights, which it is. They, they do that in a, in, in a stroke so masterful, I'd expect to see it at only the finest regional institutions. Correct. Of, of theater and thespianism. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty rough. And, and what, get, what gets me is as soon as they do that, the doctor goes up and puts his hands directly in the mouth. Did that get you? But like he goes up to give his monologue, and Homeboy puts his hands squarely into the teeth of the thing that everyone just told them to be careful of because it just ate a log in half. Well, he trusts so, his Igor, who's operating the robot. Through, he does not trust that guy. No. So throughout this whole movie, there's this like you don't really know if this dinosaur thing is like super mobile and it can just wreck and destroy everything or if it's just an animatronic robotic dinosaur like it vacillates back and forth from whether or not well we see it kick the shit out of some asses oh yeah oh for sure um well, we're getting ahead of ourselves here because we 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 have to understand that he's laid out that he wants to put a brain in this thing and, it, and more than anything, it pisses off the little Igor guy because he's convinced that there's no way a brain is going to be better than his computer. My computer's way better. Because in 1993, a computer scientist, which is what I'm guessing Igor is, uh, to be able to handle and run all this stuff, would have no idea of the computing power to brain conversion. Especially since he appears to be using a computer that he transformed from a 1950s operator system where he's just plugging wires in yeah, back and forth. It's and not even a, a like I don't know. I mean we're still kind of at a lost point in computing in like 1993-94. We're still not we still don't understand it as a culture at this point. But brains are also very complex. Right. So so that's kind of where we're at. That lays out everything. So then they have to the problem is they have to find somebody to um, remove their brain and put the thing in there. So we're getting to that now. Yeah. Uh, so they they now cut back to, um, this is where we cut back to to uh, Denise Richards' house. And she's, ooh, ha. Yeah. So ooh. Denise Richards is hanging out, and she's crying and still in a completely different movie because of what happened earlier. Because yes. during that fight, I forgot we didn't even mention this, Denise Richards just starts screaming. Oh, she lost her shit and ran away. When they were fighting, she started screaming at the top of her lungs and then just disappeared. Scream queen ran away. That was her, you know, last straw. She just couldn't take it. <laughs> so they go, she's at her house. She's crying. She calls Paul Walker. But you know what? When I'm crying and upset, mm-hmm. I too get very horny. I, apparently. And and the the, but the thing is, this I actually thought this scene was really good. It's not for this movie, but I thought this scene worked pretty well because she so she calls him and they have a very it's a very high school scene of her being upset about a thing that happened and him being that guy who's still trying to hook up with her. So he's being very nice. Yes. And um and then she has the 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 very stereotypical like I need you right now scene. Yes. And then when she needs him, Paul Walker does the most real thing I've ever seen. It's his reaction to that where he gets all giggly and excited and everything fully changes and he's going over to her house. 
it was is very real. Oh, it was it was great. It was very real high school high school boy stuff. Well, I wouldn't put an age on it. It was any man who knew he was going to get some. Now, I mean, particularly, I thought it was a really real high school high school. And boy I scene. really I loved that he had to keep running back for things, especially the one condom in his nightstand. Did he do that? Yes. I didn't notice that. Yes. Either way, I thought it was very real. And I mean that I'm not being, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I actually liked that scene. The problem is it has no reason to be in this movie. Well, it gets Paul Walker over to her house. Oh yeah, no, no. There's a thousand ways you could do that. I'm just saying, why did they do an actual like sort of okay scene in the middle of this insane movie? That's the question I keep asking myself. It was an accident, clearly. Because there's not a lot of them. So Paul Walker comes over to her house. Yes. And this is where we see him driving this. The, the only time we see him driving that little Ford Ranger for like a split second and then he abandons it. Well, he has to park in front of her neighbor's house because her parents can't right. see that he's sneaking over to right. see her. She's a very mature teenager with her own room, her own phone line. Yeah. They, she low key had her own phone line. They made that really clear pretty quickly. So this is an area. Okay, kids. So back in the in the day, um, pre-internet, pre-internet, when everyone had landline phones, uh, pre-internet, pre-cell phones, pre-pagers, ah, uh, not pre-pagers. Pagers were around right? at this well, point. During, oh yeah, pagers had been around for a minute. Drug dealers be using pagers from like the eighties, <laughs> but they it was just not everyone had a cell phone. But but so you had a you had your own phone line, correct. So basically, you had two phone numbers in the house. I had a teen line. So in my... <laughs> Whoa, explain this to me. In my bedroom, I had, you know, a phone jack, and it happened to be its own telephone line. So why is it a teen line? Excuse me. Well, it was Beyond. sold as a teen line. You know, your, your teenager is taking up all the time on the phone. This was back when we were you had to pay for call waiting. So it was like a cheaper plan that didn't have like, uh, it didn't have like long distance. Don't miss that important call from your boss because your teen is taking up time. Sure, on your sure, phone. sure. I get, I get the marketing aspect, but I'm just like, so was it like a? I guess it doesn't matter. I've gone off the rails. I'm completely interested in this like old phone line system thing. But so basically, she has two phone lines because her dad calls her. So Paul Walker climbs the trellis, which I'm still trying to figure out. Is that ever been actually humanly possible? It happens in so many movies. You know. I've climbed a trellis. Really? Because I feel like every trellis I've ever seen on the side of a house is like that cheapy lattice. It is. How can you climb that without breaking it? You do. Okay. It's not a successful endeavor. I I didn't sneak out a lot in high school. Well, I started sneaking out in middle school. Okay, that's fair. I didn't. So in middle school, it was definitely time for trellis. You know, you're still a little bit smaller. I guess so, but Paul Walker's a grown man at this point. He is, and he's climbing above a garage onto this, like through this trellis, mm-hmm. onto this awning, into this girl's window on a very well lit suburban street. And he handled that all very well until he got in the window. And then I've never seen the most awkward, dumb, for no reason, him crashing into everything. Oh, but hold your shit. Right before he gets in that window. I spy with my little eye. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So the bad, the bad girls in their Corvette, not Corvette, uh, convertible um, Jeep. Jeep. I don't know why I said Corvette. Um, pull up and see 
him going in there. And then their initial response was to call her dad, which was right. weird. Sure. Because that's like, that's just some like, I'm just going to fuck with you. But that's not good enough. Business. We're going to call Billy and the boys. Right. So they do what everyone else watching the movie thinks that they're going to do and call Billy to let him know that his ex-girlfriend, who he should have nothing to do with, but is his ex-girlfriend, is fooling around with this guy that he hates. And and then, okay, so this is my other confusing thing about this. this I'm going to get into character development in this movie, and there is none. Those girls... They, the one girl has the hots for Billy, right? Clearly. So why does she continually want to get him involved with his ex-girlfriend who he's still clearly in love with? You know, I'm not quite sure her motivation for anything. <laughs> I don't know either. I was trying to figure that out the whole time. Same. Um. So, so they call Billy. There's this scene where now we find out that she does have her own phone line because her dad calls her on it. Well, from when, downstairs? Paul, when Michael, Paul Walker's character, bursts through the window as a calamity and right. knocks everything down, clearly father's worried. So he calls to check on his darling daughter. Yeah. And then she tells him some bullshit. Okay. No, actually my favorite, that's one of my favorite lines. I almost just completely blew past this. I don't know if you heard what she said. Oh, I heard it. But she said, sorry, dad. I know I was, I was... I was studying and I knocked my dictionary over. That is one heavy dictionary. It is about 175 pounds of dictionary. Also, it's like, it's such a like, uh, uh, like um, Ben Stiller in uh, Dodgeball move where he's reading the dictionary as he walks in. Like, of course, Denise Richards, her first go-to is going to be, I was reading the dictionary. Well, I was studying and I had to look up what the word studying meant in the dictionary. It's insane. But her dad, they cut to her dad and mom downstairs drinking tea at like 10 o'clock at night. Sure. Um, out of a full tea set, which is a weird move. Yes. And then and then um, Billy and them pull up outside. Oh, they don't pull up. They pull up like it's the fucking purge. Oh, yeah. All of them pull up outside. All of them are driving convertibles, which was weird. Everyone in this movie that is a bad guy is driving a convertible. They've got some sweet cars. Except for the German guys. They're driving that weird... I didn't really pay attention to what it was. but the, the So they all pull up, and then her dad, instead of calling the cops or doing anything, he gets up to this. try and handle it. He's the worst dad. Like, yes. he's not a good dad, even in movie dad standards. He's yeah. a terrible... He's terrible at being an adult. Correct. So he... he that guy, I would watch an entire movie based around just her dad. So Billy and them bust in, run upstairs, and 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 Paul Walker escapes out the window. Yes, run, Michael, run. And have you did you, did you um did you recognize that guy in in uh, Billy's entourage? Oh yes, the weasel. Yes, the weasel, Sean Whalen. That guy's in every '90s movie as like squirrely redheaded guy. Yes, and he's. Usually sidekicked the antagonist. Oh, yeah. Which is why I was confused. Is Billy the true antagonist? Yes or no? Oh, no. Because Billy gets his shit taken care of pretty quick. So what I find most amazing about how Michael gets away from this is that he has the ability, even in human form, to outrun these gangsters in their cars. Okay, so this is so as soon as Paul Walker escapes, they all go chasing after him. But Paul Walker doesn't get back in his car. 
No. That he pulled up in. Yes. We saw him get out of a vehicle. It was facing the wrong way. See, he had to run. He just starts sprinting. And then three different vehicles, a Jeep with no top on it, a uh, Fox Body Mustang with no top on it, and what I'm assuming is a GTO. It is. It's a Pontiac GTO. I paused the movie a, to check. With, a, um, with no top on it because it's hard to light. Yes. When you have tops on it. So they just went, let's just get three convertibles. Who's yes. got convertibles on set? They drive after him in, a, in our first low-speed car chase of this movie because there's a couple of low-speed car chases. Um, but this one has three cars full of people chasing one person on foot with baseball bats and they can't get to him no and they keep telling him to speed up to get him yes why paul's quick paul walker really fast oh he he's is... fast and furious you can already see it and and so they they hit him with a bat oh they knock him the f out and then they kidnap him oh they continually beat the shit out of him with a bat and it's really, again, it's really bad fight choreography. He never makes contact with that big rubber bat. No, and he comes away basically unscathed. Oh, yeah. And they throw him in the back of the trunk, so he's knocked out. Yes. And then, I mean, multiple concussions. And then this is where we get to, this is where we get to one of the weirdest points of this of this whole thing. So they they keep driving, and um, and they drive to, to a gate, to a big fence, Get out and cut. use bolt cutters to cut and go into this fence, right? Yes. Then all of a sudden we see a lion. Well, we do get a reveal as we pull through the gate in our cars that this is the wild animal part. Okay, okay. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I missed that part. So it just says wild animal park. This is correct. Right. So all of these, so there is a, so, you, so what I'm trying to figure out, and this is what I couldn't figure out. So in this town, yes. there is... A very large um, animal reserve. Yes. Or animal preserve where all of the large predatory animals are allowed to just run around free. Yes. In the middle of this small town. Yes. And the fence Mm -hmm. is closed by one single chain. Yes. That you could just cut with bolt cutters. Yes. And you should also note that... um, It's a low fence too. It's not like a big super high fence. No, at first when you're pulling up, you think that they're going into a cemetery. That's the type of wrought iron gate yeah. fence that we pull up to. It's no way it's keeping massive. There is Okay, so in this scene, there is a lion. There is a, do we see the lion? We have the school mascot, a black panther. Yeah, there's a panther in there. Um, there is a, there's a cheetah at one point, which I'm not sure if it's stock. I think that was probably stock footage. But they literally, they legit. No, that cheetah was probably in there too, but they legit got a bunch of animals for this. And 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 you know they did because the lion Oh, the lion attacks Paul Walker. But we're not even to that point yet. Oh. So so we pull through there and and Billy Billy's full of those like bad guy lines, like teenage bad guy lines. At one point, uh Weasel asks him like, How far are we going, boss? He keeps calling him boss, like they're in some mafia thing. And you should note, Billy is and not Billy over res- six foot tall. You should not be calling him boss. Billy is very small man. Um, he's on a, some daytime soap opera, and I can't remember what I it is. I actually wrote down the quote. Okay, hit me with it. How far are you going, Billy? I'm going all the way. And then they high five. It is... Fuck yeah. Yep. And so whatever that means... Um, I mean, they're driving into this strange nature preserve with that's the lowest security I've ever seen. And then they take Paul Walker, pull him out of the car, straight up let him go. 
because they just their bit is that they're going to leave him inside of a large animal preserve. Granted, remember they they know there are lions and tigers et cetera in here, and they're all in convertibles. They get Michael to thank him for letting him go. <laughs> yeah, what would you say if I just let you go? Thank Thanks. you. Would you say thank, thank you? you? And then. They do. They let him go. And then there's this whole, are you going to tell him? No, he'll figure it out. Because he immediately gets mauled by a lion. Well. Pretty much immediately. Good on him for having the keen sense to notice all these big cats. That weren't there before. Smacking their lips at that tight ass. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then immediately he runs up a tree and encounters a, a jaguar. That, yes. That's where he encounters the Black Panther. And he realizes while he may be able to outrun the lion, he'll never be able to outsmart the lion. <laughs> he doesn't have time because that lion fucking mauls him. Mauls the shit out of him. And, and he, I mean, there's a decent amount of blood. And then a game warden shows up in a Jeep that has literally taped on the side of it in just tape letters, warden, game warden. Yes. On the door. Yes. You know, they're, they're, Finances were cut. And my other question is, why is a game warden at this big cat park, like this at big the wild animal, animal park? park in the middle of this city? Is it a city park? It's also not a hunting thing. No, it's clearly a preserve. Right. Why else would you be locking people out? Why is the game warden there? There should be a caretaker. Again, I have more questions. There's a lot of questions. But see, there will there won't be answers because they didn't think about any of these things. He wrote this in a week. Correct. And... He says in the, at one point I read that the, 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 the director said like, I mean, I wrote it in a week, so it's pretty thin at points. Like, yeah, buddy. It's, it's pretty skinny. Yeah. So quickly, the game warden calls an ambulance. He is rushed to the hospital. And uh, um, Denise shows up to the hospital. With well, did you recognize the hospital? So they, they, they even show the sign. It's Linda Vista. Hospital. Yes. So that's that old hospital where they shot a lot of stuff in L.A. And that is, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the one that's super haunted. Very. And that, they, uh, that they've that they done like ghost adventure shows and shit on. It absolutely is. Um, so Linda Vista, you can look it up. Tons of stuff shot there. I think they might have shot some of Scrubs there. Um, uh, Children's Hospital, I think they shot some things there. I could be way off, but I'm pretty sure it's Linda Vista. I it's kind they of in also a, did 28 uh, Weeks. The uh, or no, girl interrupted, not 28 weeks. I apologize. Oh, probably so, you know. But the, anyway, the addiction it, lo- movies. it looks like a really old, shitty hospital because it is. It was like half condemned. It, I mean, it was it's a disgusting place. I think most has been torn down now. Um, I think I can't remember, but it, yeah, it's it's tons of stuff Makes shot a there. Great establishing, but show. I also think it's funny they just straight up left the Linda Vista sign out front, Don't which is pretty remarkable. Not broken. But so we go in there, he's in the ICU. Well, she Denise walks in and asks the receptionist. Tammy, excuse yourself. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Tanny. I mean, Tammy. Tammy. She's looking for Michael, and the receptionist's response is, oh, he's in intensive care. Yeah, she has to look into a book. Ooh. Yeah, it was like, ooh, she's, he's, a, he's all fucked up. So she sends her on her way, doesn't ask her who she is. You just, he's on down in this room number. Have at it, which is great because it establishes her, you know, responsibility and, you know, as the gatekeeper of the hospital because she does a great job of fact checking when 
other people show up. Oh, that's my other question. But, but when they get to this room, which is not an ICU room at all of any hospital I've ever seen in my entire life, it's it's straight. Everything in there is still from that hospital. It looks like it's out of like the 1930s. Yes. And, and this room is tucked away. It looks like a classroom or something. It doesn't look like an actual hospital room. No, it's more of an asylum room. It's kind of like that. Yeah, it's like from the it's like from a, a mental ward. Yes, there's a a wire bed that Paul Walker is lying on, and he looks great for just being for just being. Did you notice that he's in a coma? Correct. We find this out soon. He's smiling. Wouldn't you though? He's smiling the whole time he's in a coma. Like he's laying there still, but like he has a smirk the whole time. It's real weird. Well, he's dreaming about them. I guess. Um, wouldn't we all? And and so so she and Byron show up, and we first get to meet Uncle Bob. You know, Drunk Uncle Bob huh. is one of the more consistent characters in this film. Right. He has like two scenes. And he is unconscious for most of them. Mm-hmm. Kills it in both of them. Both of them. I mean, he's doing a lot. He's committed. However, he um, he's just no help when, when Tammy and Byron show up. No, he's asleep. Excuse me. Which I feel like for some reason I'm yawning. See, look, we're during quarantine times. It's like one in the morning. I have no idea what time even means anymore. Well, what's amazing to me is that Billy shows up at the hospital. And they let them in to the ICU room. Exactly. Like a whole crew of motherfuckers. They let into the ICU Dare room. Dare I say, the reason why Michael's in the hospital. Right. They all just show up. Just Not that to they see necessarily know that. Yeah, they come. They come to the hospital. Why did they even go there? They heard that Tammy was there, but they never even explained that. Like Billy is stalking Tammy. <sighs> yeah, he is. But so I think he's there to taunt her. How does anybody even find out about this? How does he even? Because I guess the game warden goes back. They call his drunk uncle and then he's not going to call tammy how did anybody else know about this you know in a pre-cell phone world i don't know how we knew anything ever no but i don't know how they know anything i don't think they i don't know i don't know that's however a big... this is the first time that tammy stands up to billy and it was a beautiful moment where <laughs> she wails on his ass for a, a brief second yeah and then her and byron byron threatens to Claw the eyes out of the weasel man. <laughs> and him and Tammy just get this fierce girl power that... Uh, yeah, and the t- again, this is another tone shift. They get really excited, but he's still in a coma. Correct. All they did was kick the guy out. Correct. So again, this is one of those scenes, I think, where they just told them to have fun with it. Small and they victories. did. Yeah. Okay. okay. But they just told them... To, they, this is not scripted, right? Correct. There's no way that that was scripted. No. Okay. I, however, it was fun. I mean, yeah. But it, it's, again, it's for a different movie. Right now, we're supposed to be in a coma. Well, as one door opens and Billy leaves, another, oh, wait, closes? No. So Billy and them leave, and then immediately in comes Dr. Uh, Wa- Wackoff. What's his fucking name? Weckler. Weckler? Wackler? Wackler. Wackler. Well, and the real show is Helga in this bra. Oh, boy. She comes in tits first. She's wearing a strappy bra. Walkenstein. She's wearing a strappy bra that would make a EDM music festival girl proud. Yeah, oh, 100%. Oh, the, the clothes in this movie are very confusing. Something else that is confusing about this movie is it doesn't seem like the 90s, and it doesn't seem like the 80s. 
It seems more 80s than 90s. It's like 93. So it's a weird time period where it's kind of still the 80s. Dare I say each character is in their own time. Oh, 100%. And the mu- the music cues are constant in this movie. And they're none of them are songs that I even am familiar with. No. And I know a lot of music from that time period. But I'm listening to this music going, is this like can music? Like I didn't even check that part out. But boy, there is. A thousand different songs in this movie. Yes. So Helga and the doctor are in and they're examining Michael with Tammy and Byron and passed out drunk Uncle Bob all in the room. They break their way in and then Tammy immediately, he builds himself as some sort of coma specialist. And then Tammy sneaks over to the machine while he's trying to butter up, or Helga, while he's trying to butter up Tammy and Byron. And um, and she puts like a alligator clip on something. She cuts off the meter that is. Oh, recording that's his what heart. happened. And then so, it, so he flatlines. Flat right. And I think that they learned their CPR method the same whorehouse that she got her lingerie from. Okay, that was amazing. So at this point is where I figured in this movie that we are no longer going for any real serious tone at all. No, because he immediately starts doing a bit. Where he's wailing on his chest. He jumps on... I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't blame him for doing this. This is a bold choice that many of us would make. He jumps onto the bed, straddles Paul Walker... Starts slamming on his chest. With two fists. Screaming, live! Live, goddammit, live! (laughs) And and then he immediately goes, well, I tried everything I could. Well, and and Helga's Frenching him, giving him mouth-to-mouth. Yeah, and at one point... And during this, Byron is just, Byron is just gaying it up. Like Byron, they just tell him sometimes to just be as arch and as, as flaming as he possibly can. He's the queen losing it in the corner and it's beautiful, but But again, it's it's its own movie. Again, it's its own movie. And I don't have, and I, and I enjoy it as part of this movie, but it's definitely happening in another movie. And I'm yes in the midst of all these scenes, but this, so this happens, they, 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 Literally just wheel him out of there. They pronounce him dead. And this is when drunk Uncle Bob wakes up because he notices then Helga rolling Michael onto a different bed. (laughs) Yeah. Because at this point, Tammy and Byron have passed out. They faint at the idea that Michael is dead. They just can't handle it. And they both immediately faint on the floor. The doctor says, okay, I'm out. And drunk Mm -hmm. Uncle Bob wakes up to see Helga wheeling Michael away. And this leads us to quite possibly my favorite action sequence on the outside of the hospital between the doctor and Helga ever, where he's thanking her and Igor is about to help them get Michael into the car. And he says, you're an angel, Helga. And then he honks her breasts. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So a lot happens there. There's all this physical shit going on right there. He, He definitely honks a boob. Oh, it's both hands at right. the same time. Quote, you are an angel, Helga. Again. Honk. The any any possible tone of seriousness is gone. You know what you're in for now. Out the window. Right. And they're getting him into the car and Paul Walker wakes up. Not right. once but twice. Oh, that's right. So Igor, who is Carl, he's our little mad scientist who's running the computer, he pulls out a massive syringe. And, and says, my favorite line, looks like he's coming out of his coma. Yes. Okay. Yes. Just wanted to get that in there. So 
he this briefly puts Michael down. However, this giant syringe is not enough medication to keep this man down. No, because Paul Walker, it just feels real good. He pops right back up again. So what do we have to do? Helga has to sock his ass. Right. So Helga knocks him out. So they went through all that trouble for nothing. Sucker punches him. They get him in the car and get him back to their weird little dungeon with their um, sort of laboratory set up. I don't know what. There's not like any tools in there. No, they did not go full Dexter. No. Um, so they get back there, though, and this is where we have a very fascinating, extremely scientific scene. I wrote this down. This is all sound science. So let me run you through what Doctor is going to do here. So his goal is to now cut open the Paul Walker's head, mm-hmm. which he starts with a scalpel just to mm-hmm. cut the skin part. Mm-hmm. And he is hamming this up. And everything he hands to Helga, she puts in her mouth. You gotta taste Including it. her bloody gloves. Like, it is a real, like, this is where she really amps that up, too. Yes. Um, and then he pulls out a straight up skill saw. Yes. And cuts Paul Walker's cranium open. And mind you, this skill saw, the blade is set on the deepest possible setting. It's a jigsaw. It's not even a, it's not even a, a bone saw. Correct. It is just, <laughs> I, I have snapped similar blades on plywood balsa yeah just i mean i i don't know what also he would have just cut right into the brain that was bothering me a lot so much however i do have to note the one thing that you've missed is that paul walker wakes up again oh that's right paul walker wakes up just before right after they cut into his forehead yes well excuse me right after they use a magic marker to draw a line on his forehead but don't worry helga's got it she punches him out again helga knocks him out and then they make a line about brain trauma and the whole time i was actually thinking about like well, he's probably got CTE because he's a high school varsity football player. Let alone all the baseball bats he took to the head <laughs> to land him in yeah, the hospital. He's been hitting the head a lot tonight. Yes. Which it tells you something that. And they said there's no brain trauma. The doctor's <laughs> looking for. Brain trauma. A brain. Yeah. I I don't know. Um, anyway, they get the thing open and the whole time the squirrely guy, Igor or whatever his name is, is. Is uh is complaining about how this will never work, et cetera, et cetera. Carl's a real negative Nelly. And our dancer and our dancer bouncer is just throwing up constantly. Oh, he cannot handle He vomited like three times in that scene. And he clearly had clam chowder and oatmeal. And oatmeal for lunch. <laughs> yeah. It was a rough day, but I'm really glad he's carbo loading because I don't want him to, you know, faint. Oh yeah! During the aerobics class, he's teaching later, and then and so they get the brain out, and they um, well, they got to test it. They got to make sure you know this is an amazing machine, right? So they take a moment while it's oh, still that's in my favorite, Paul right? And they they press it, they press on the center of your brain that makes your leg lift. Yes, because all you got to do is poke at it, right? Well, technically, kind of. Um, they poke on that part of the brain. Yes, and then he pokes on what I wrote down is the boner control center. <laughs> So every brain has a boner control center. And let me tell you, this flagpole. They Okay. So there he is. This is a long bit. I mean, it goes on a couple times. He keeps pressing on Paul Walker's brain and he gets a massive erection. Massive. Like Zoolander. Yes. And, and he keeps letting it go down and popping it back up and letting it go down. And making dirty jokes to Helga about how he can like do that again yes. if she wants it. Yes. Like it is real creepy. He makes it helicopter around. Yes. And Helga is into it. Which is proof to me that most men will just play with 
any dick. It doesn't matter if it's attached to them. I or mean, not. that's sort. Of, I mean, I guess it's fair. It, it is amusing. I wrote down Helga needs a Hitachi. Oh, she needs which it is a whole, which is a whole nother movie. Helga needs a good dickin'. Ah, okay, you said it. I didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, she could get it from anyone. That's true. So they put the brain in the dinosaur, and I don't. I'll spare you the science, but essentially they connect it to the dinosaur with electronics. Correct. And then in um, a questionable liquid. And yeah, but you know, like electronics. Yes. And the electronics make the science work. They're kind of like um, alligator clip jumper cables. Yeah, electronics. It makes the science yes, work. Yes. So they they plug them up, and you got to test it to make sure that sure it's working. And it kicks uh, it kicks the um, bodybuilder guy. And how do you know that the the arms and the hands are working? He straight up grabs Helga's ass. Oh right. That's that's true. Yes. And and from here on in, these arms that pop out and catch things are never connected to the dinosaur. I don't well They're this, never connected. There's this point of view shot with the arms that they keep coming back to. Right. That is really disturbing. It's a person's arms and gloves. Yes. But they're never connected to the dinosaur. So like when he bends down to touch something or pick something up, the arm comes up from under the screen. Not yes. Next to the where the arms would be, Correct. so the the perspective is never right. Those arms are all over this. Like, that was driving me bananas. You know the parallel universe where the physics of this film are real is a really wacky. Place. I'm far too caught up in the physics of this. So essentially, long story short, at this point, dinosaurs working. So Doctor uh, Gunther and uh, Helga, they head off, and they're going to go celebrate now. Correct. And they they talk about, again, how he wants this T-Rex to live forever. Right. Um, I just don't know. I don't I don't care. The problem is they tried to make that this plot where he's looking for immortality. I don't give a shit because it's not a plot. It's not, it's not part of the immortality. plot. He wants this T-Rex to live forever. It's not the T-Rex. However, the they brain. do plan on giving this T-Rex a lobotomy. Okay. That doesn't make any sense. They gave... Why would they give the T-Rex a lobotomy? They say that they're going to give the T-Rex a lobotomy in the morning. They have to come back in the morning. So they can control it. Yes. They don't think I didn't that get he's any going that. to wake up. So they're like, oh, we'll wait. It's hooked up. Oh, okay. And okay. I see what you're Carl saying. Carl was like, it's a long day. I haven't even had anything to eat. Right, And right. Dr. W's like, dude, just order a pizza. That's right. I and forgot all this shit. And this is when the pizza man shows I forgot up. all this shit because I stopped caring. Right. Like, at this point, I was like, these characters, let's move the story along. See, I'm still trying to figure out if it was a cat or a dog or what animal passed away okay, that set this guy off. The pizza guy shows up. And and it's Pedro. It is. It's, it's Ephraim Ramirez from, yes. from fucking uh, Napoleon Dynamite. And it, it blew my mind for a second. I was like, holy shit, it's Pedro. And Pedro immediately gets eaten by the dinosaur. Yes. Or no, he's, does he eat him? No, he gets scared, drop the pizza, and run away. Yeah, he runs away. He gets away. He doesn't kill anybody yet. This is where Big Guy and Carl come back in to eat their pizza, which I have to be honest is the worst looking movie pizza I've ever seen. It's clearly a frozen pizza. It's up there. Like, it's clearly a frozen pizza, clearly. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's thawed either. I think it's still frozen while No, I think it's it. cooked, but that's oh, how those things, okay. those things look horrible. Yes. And it, it's... Again, I can't see Katie's mouth, so sometimes I have no idea if she's being serious or not. She just says shit, and I'm just like... 
So how is this different? Than yeah, no, no, it's well. Usually I can see your face. Um. So they start eating their pizza, and the buff guy starts desecrating Paul Walker's body. Yeah, and weirdly, Carl gets upset about it for a second. I don't understand that. It, I, none of that made well, sense. Well, see, it gives Carl more work because Carl has to put this body back together. He and has he to get it back to the morgue. Staples it together with a nail gun. Yeah, he makes a big show out of stapling Paul Walker's skull back together. But he, they want to make sure no one notices. But, but it's it just is, straight up staples. I have never seen such a large staple gun that is air powered. Yeah, because it's not a staple gun. It's a it's a fucking nail gun. Oh, that's right. Like it literally is a nail gun, but staples come out of it apparently. So essentially, at this point, he's taunting Michael the T Rex. Right. I, I, we're not even halfway through this movie at this point. It is uh, how long have we been doing? Like an hour. Okay, so T Rex comes to life, squashes the big buff guy. Oh yes. I mean, steps on his chest, squishes him, and then also squashes Carl. Bites his head off. Right. But flattens Carl. That's... uh, We're going to come back to this. Because they find Carl flat later. I didn't understand that. So basically, T-Rex starts killing shit and bails. So at this point, we know it's Paul Walker. Oh, Right. So when he realizes he's in the T-Rex body, that's that was an amazing scene because those little arms pop up and Paul Walker starts touching. He goes over. I laugh really hard. The, the, the T-Rex goes over to dead Paul Walker and gently caresses his face with his little tiny T-Rex in fact, arms. I genuinely wrote that he bites off Carl's head before gingerly touching his old face and then roaring in disgust. But then he picks up a he picks up a mirror. It's just lying around. That was lying around and with his little dinosaur arm and looks at himself. Yes. Okay, so after he panics and leaves, there's some weird scene with an old lady in the alleyway where she's putting in bets with her bookie and then two other random people that happen to be walking down this clearly industrial alleyway park. Yes. Um think it's a fake dinosaur and then there's that bit. They're like, popping out of a speakeasy. This it's- is all filler. Yes, it's a city night, but this is really getting us to where we can stumble upon the party. Right. So we get to this party, which I'm not sure at whose house it is or if it's a high school student. Because at one point, at one point, you meet this bartender, which I'll get to. And I have a lot of questions about. Um, okay, so they're at this party, and it's it's your average high school 90s party, I guess. But there was... The problem is like it's like a, it's clearly like a wealthy person's house because there's like a cabana at this party, but like not a nice cabana. Yes, like one that you'd find at like a um, like a like a flea market. It, there's a little bit of a rockabilly vibe because there's a dance floor with a stage, and then there's the, this area with picnic tables where people are hanging out, and then there's drinks, and there's just white trash grinding all over the place. Yeah, um, lots of white trash grinding. You know, there's a point... Okay, so I have a question. Tammy is back at her house at one point, right? Well, so she goes from the house, but she goes to this part. She does show up at this party for a minute. She shows up to the party to see Byron and then leaves because Billy... Show, or right before Billy shows up. Right. Okay, so did you notice on her bed there's a really racist doll? No. Okay, so they like pan to her bed and there's like, like you know, it's made and there's pillows and then there's dolls laying at the front and one yes. of them is like a Raggedy Ann doll, but like it's 
all black. It's the black raggedy end all. It's like a like a mammy like super racist like night like a blackface doll. It's a different time. But it was 1993. Yeah, that's I don't weird. know. I thought I don't it was know weird. Who that was. I thought it was very strange. It was that's on her weird. bed. Um. So they go to this party. Uh, and then, and Tammy's there and she's all depressed. And then Byron shows up to Tammy and literally says, this killed me. Byron walks over with a drink for Tammy and says, I brought you a kamikaze with a vodka chaser. Yes. What high school party are they at? They, I mean, I. There were people mixing drinks. There are two bars. Yes. With two bartenders. Uh huh. This is a high school party. And. The one now remember the hot blonde who was horny for the fight that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, she's horny for everybody on the dance floor. One hundred percent. So there's this guy that looks like Bulk from like Bulk and Skull, like from uh, Power Rangers back in the day. He's a fat guy because apparently in 1993, yes. if you were a fat guy in a movie, you and you were like a, like a tough, you wore a vest, yes, made of leather and yes. some sort of helmet. Yes, he an old military helmet, like a like a German military helmet. He was definitely a rejected um, cast member from Animal House. It was, but like via this lens of the nineties, it was yes. really it's really weird. That was just like a common thing, like fat guy in a leather vest with a helmet. Um, so so we're at this party, and then and they're they're Tammy's just having a moment. Because she's very upset, clearly, because her, her boyfriend slash guy she was into just died. Yes. But they're going to be okay because yes. uh, they've got the kamikazes and the vodka chasers. Yes. And then, wouldn't you know it, old Billy shows up again. Oh, Billy. So Billy comes into this party and starts shit. And probably the single best acting in this entire movie. I wrote down, if you're watching the movie, go to 44 Minutes. It's the best acting that I've ever seen. It's where... It's the it's the uh, the goodbye essentially between Tammy and Billy, mm-hmm. because Tammy leaves and Billy's you know, Billy calls her a bitch again. Yes, Billy likes to say that a lot. But she says, "What was the line?" She said, "I don't want to see you. I don't want to see you for the rest for the rest of, of my, of my life, life ever." ever. <laughs> yes, this will be forever burned into my brain. Ever. I don't want to see you for the rest of my life ever. So Billy leaves with this blonde and they are Yeah, the blonde who's been into him the whole time. After he's mad. Correct. Yeah. So but but then they cut to because uh, this is where this is where um Tammy leaves. Byron goes to the bar. Correct. And then we meet this weird guy who I'm gonna assume it's his house, but he's like older, like way older. So I was like, is he so I assumed he's like a creepy teacher. Did you not- have that guy in high school he seemed like a creepy teacher though katie but see we had that guy who hung out way too long after he graduated who bought everyone alcohol yeah but this guy seemed way older like he seemed like like in my head this is a creepy teacher's house who's throwing this party because he even he's a terrible actor mike that guy was balding but that guy what yes wait you're that guy what my version of that guy who was around way too long and older uh-huh. was definitely balding. He was that much older. Okay. Well, one way or the other, caveman Ken, as he says to himself, is clearly very strange, extremely socially awkward, very bisexual, and yes. super horny for teenagers. Yes. Because he makes that clear in like two sentences. That's what he's here for. So he's there to like loosen everybody up, right? And And then we cut from that... To Billy 
and the hot girl that we can never remember her name having sex. I use quotes having sex in the back of his his car. Yes, intercut with this, our good old friend the weasel. Yeah, and this scene where he's like, "I'm going to come with you." No, you're a dumb idiot. So instead, he goes to take a piss, and this is where we see that Michael. Paul Walker finally made his way. The dinosaur now. Michael, the mechanical dinosaur, has made his way to the party, and um, Weasel pees on Michael. Yes. Uh, after seeing him, and his response to this mechanical dinosaur is, "Who the hell left this thing here?" Yes. Okay. Uh, so he pees on it, like, like you, you do. do, and and then Michael comes to life, bites his head off. Yes. It was very satisfying. It I was. enjoyed it was a very like so he guts him and then he bites his head off. Right. And when he guts him, it's a really bad CG. It's a really bad effects cut because he's clearly holding a handful of guts and they didn't even rip the shirt open and he drops it and yeah. it's just him wearing a shirt. The, look, in this movie, they are the so ride. close. Mm-hmm. So close to having pretty good effects in this movie it's so close to being all right every time they do an effect shot it's almost okay and it's great because now michael has a real taste of blood oh yeah he gets a taste for blood immediately he just decides he's gonna murder people now which i thought was weird but i'm not gonna get into like the pathos of this character my favorite is that he gets up to the car mm -hmm. and they're screwing right okay yeah but i want to get to that he goes over to the car where where Billy is having sex with this with this other woman, and I'm pretty sure that neither of them have ever had sex before. The actors or the characters. Especially not Billy. Because, boy, her legs are straight out. Yep. And he is just going full pile driver. Oh, wrestling, remember? Yes. It's He's doing the wrestling moves. So this is his, like, face move. Yes. He is, uh, and, and, and... And she looks like an action figure with her legs straight out in the air, just, like, unable to move from and, her hips. And he is screaming at the top of his lungs, I'm good, right? I wrote I'm that good, down. right? I'm good. I'm... Because he's... She's wailing so hard. He is in disbelief that he's that good, and he's just thrilled. I'm good, right? And then... And then Michael shows up, the dinosaur, and then she starts screaming. Yes. And then he's, he just starts screaming louder, I'm good, right, I'm good, right. And he and Michael bites this girl's leg off. Yes, followed by uh, Billy's head. Yep, which and, splatters like a balloon when it oh, hits the ground. It, it, it's beautiful. Um, the great thing is that they, this is it. He's got a taste for it. He is on a roll. Now he's going to go get everybody else. Right. So Michael he goes back to the party. hunting for these gang members. And he starts, yeah. And he starts, he just starts killing motherfuckers. The great thing is when he scares all these people out of the house, did you catch where he tripped them coming out of the house? Yeah, he put his foot out to purposefully trip some people, and then he starts indiscriminately sort of killing these people. Yes. Which I thought was a really weird turn, that he's doing this to people that didn't do anything wrong to him. But, you know, they were che- they were probably there cheering on during the fight. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You I know? don't know. He's a I'm, small man. I, I'm just going to leave that one right there. What the The, the thing now is that... He's created all this destruction. They've got to stop showing the dinosaur in wide shots. Yes. They had a lot of trouble with that. And it happens a few times where they feel like they need a wide shot of the dinosaur running away. And it is a it is a green screen shot where the dinosaur moves like wobbles in a really poorly keyed green screen. Yes. For like a second. And it happens a few times and they, they really never need to do that. It's unnecessary. However, 
we do come up now to my favorite kill in the entire movie. Michael chases two of the uh, gang members out into this dirt parking lot. Uh And they're cowering behind the car. And they decide it would be a good idea to crawl under what I believe is a Trans Am. Oh, yeah. And then he squishes it on top of them. And it's great because when the sheriffs finally show up, my next favorite line between the two hillbilly cops is, is that his head? It ain't no watermelon. Yeah, it's bad. Like, at this point, those guys, they're trying to be comic relief, but what they don't understand is that this entire movie is comic relief. Yes. There's not a character in this movie that doesn't provide some sort of comic relief. Correct. And in fact... Except Paul Walker. When the sheriffs... No, not not intentionally. No, not intentionally. And the sheriffs do get to see some people who survived this massacre from the mechanical T-Rex. They encounter them in shock and they say that they'll have to slap the shock. Yeah, that was weird too. I'm going to slap the shock out of him. And he just really wanted to slap that woman. I thought that was strange. But then we find out that the sheriff, we meet the sheriff. His name is Sheriff Black. So you've named the only African-American adult in this film black. And then we find out very quickly that he is Byron's father. So now you have the only two minorities in this movie related. Yes. I know that they didn't have a lot of time, but maybe, maybe they could have grabbed one more black person who wasn't related to all of the other ones. They didn't need to be related. They didn't. They had no reason for that. There's Did no not need purpose to be related. for him to be related. But this is where Byron finally admits that this was a real dinosaur because he saw this dinosaur. Oh, yeah. Uh, the dinosaur picks Byron up and dusts his shoulders off. Gone, dust your shoulders off. Yep, and lets him go. That's your first clue he's supposed to know that this dinosaur knows him. It picked me up, dusted my jacket off, and killed these two assholes over there. Yeah. And then, of course, his dad doesn't believe him. Well, and then you hear Sheriff off-screen shout, we've got two more squished bodies and a one-legged girl over there. I didn't even hear that. Oh, right, because he bit the leg off of that. Uh, I had to rewind girl. it and listen to that again because there was something so poetic about that dialogue. It was very confusing. Um, and now we cut to the next day. And Helga is... Helga's rolling up Carl. But he never... Squi- find- so, so, so on the ground is a squished body... That they're saying is Carl, and it's wearing Carl's clothes. Yes. But I don't think he ever squished Carl. He's been steamrolled. Like like a, car, like a cartoon character. Correct. And But he squished the big, muscly guy. See, I could have sworn he had bitten the head off of Carl. Yes. However, now he's been squished. We're trying to roll him. Helga is trying to roll him up off of the concrete. Right. And it's it's really quite sad, but she finally follows Doctor back into the lab. They they've got to find their dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And but now he's got a new plan, and his new plan is to sell it. Well, he's going to make millions, you see, because if it's not one thing, it's another. But his plan is now changed again. We didn't know what it was really at first other than he wants to stick brains into inanimate objects. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to check there. And from here, we have a really quick 
cut. We go straight. I mean, Michael finally gets to Tammy's house. Right. And no one in this neighborhood notices there is a dinosaur in broad daylight. No. In the front of this house in a cul-de-sac. And he has to be starving, right? The dinosaur? Yeah, I mean, I... He's animatronic. He doesn't have to eat. Oh, right. We forget that because... We do. So, she freaks out. Well... Ignore the tremors. I mean, earthquakes are totally normal. Yeah, but she sees Michael, passes out. She faints again. She's useless. Right. And she screams, but no one can hear her because the we cut down to mom and dad who are making a smoothie or something. But dad's vigilant. He just has that, like, daddy instinct. But again, he's the worst adult in this entire movie. Something's wrong. He's got to go go check on his little girl. Yes. And when he gets up there, she's gone. Oh, She's gone out the window. The place is a fucking wreck. It looks like Paul Walker just walked in the window again because he, you know, is bad at that kind of thing. But right. it's a it's a wreck. Yeah, it's really messed up. And then and then we immediately get to um and that would be the barn scene where we have um where Tammy wakes up. Yes, and she wakes up and she has just as many questions as I do. Yeah, but does she? Because well, it seems that okay. So this scene seems to portray to me that this character and Denise Richards are both very dumb. Yes, because we know Denise Richards is not the brightest. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, but this character is probably the dumbest character she's ever played. Yes, probably because we have a charade scene. Yes, and it's so that she can be... Oh, we pay off the fucking rose. Yes. Right. This was the most important thing because he pulls out the rose in an effort to communicate with her. That somehow this dinosaur just had on him. And chomps it again for the callback of, see, (laughs) it's me. No other... I'm the only weirdo who does that. Yes, so Michael Brain... You have Michael's brain? Yep. She says, you have Michael's brain like five times after this long, really poor um, charades montage And this where is, she's trying. This is also where the score takes a turn because all of a sudden we're in a Lifetime movie. They're so in love. Oh, it gets serious again. It gets serious. And they're, what's great is that Tammy immediately goes home. Like you do. And when confronting her father, because she gets home to a crime scene investigation. Yeah, she, it's all good. It's all good. She's cool with this. She's cool. It's no big deal. She says, quote, there was a meteor or something. Oh, oh, hang on. Real quick. Back at about 59 minutes and 22 seconds, you can see an FX guy's arm touching the dinosaur's tail. Wow. I'll show it to you later. It's remarkable. Now that's a so go back in there and, and find that. It's It's... It's insane that that's in there. Yes. So Dr. W is spying on Tammy's house and it is really bugging me because somehow in this moment, we allude to the fact that she's already Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Okay. So I wrote that down. Okay. <clears throat> so first of all, he says two things in that scene, which are very weird to me. One, he says, if you want to catch a fish, you go where the bait is. Correct. So I don't want to have to really break that down, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, jailbait here, Denise. That has nothing to do with it. No, you're right. He is making a fish metaphor that Correct. doesn't work. Correct. And then then he says, quote, she's already been with him. 
How can you tell? By the way she's walking. So, did they have dino-human barn sex? That's what he's alluding to, but it seems more like a joke. But either way, it's really gross. Either way, I'm both disgusted and curious. I just just wrote down gross. But yeah, I kind of want to see it now. So... Um, this is where Tammy tells Byron that Michael is alive and right. his brain is in this dinosaur. Yeah, and Byron buys it immediately. Because, hello, the dinosaur dusted off his jacket. Yeah, there's no one else who would ever have done that Correct. that might be inside of a dinosaur body. Exactly. So this is where Tammy gets this big plan. She has to get Michael a new body. Right. So she has to get Michael a new body, and now Dr. Gunther and Helga are going to follow them around. So the first place they go is Michael's funeral. Well, where else to get a good body? We, let's just get Michael's body. Exactly. They're just going to get Michael's body. And, and this funeral is insane. Fucking Uncle Bob steps up there and has like a very drunken like somber scene that actually makes the dinosaur cry. The dinosaur not only cries, there is a waterfall of tear from the one eye. It's a mechanical dinosaur. Yes. They even make a point to say later he's bleeding. He can't bleed. He's a mechanical Correct. dinosaur. So how is he crying? I don't know. Also, Tammy's But I'm dressed, so happy that there is a crying dinosaur in this movie. Tammy is also dressed as though she's a member of the craft. Oh, it's 1994. It's beautiful. Yeah. They're mourning. At a funeral. Everyone's crying. This cemetery, though, is horrible. Did you notice the background? There oh were tombstones God. that were written with Sharpie. Yes. Oh, it was crazy. And the casket they have Paul Walker's body in is like a big suitcase. Correct. It's really bad. Uh, so basically, they 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 jump in there to open up the casket to get Michael's body. Turns out he's covered in maggots and rats. He decomposed very quickly, so fast, very quickly. He died like yesterday. Yes, and this is their moment. So they're trying to get the body, but watch out because here comes Doctor W and Helga. Helga, and then they have this back and forth thing. It's a it's a, like a Three Stooges bit with rats, and they keep falling in the hole. Yes. And somehow, magically, um, Tammy and Byron win this battle and get them tied up and put into the car. Correct. So they're in this big van, this truck. It is a yellow Tonka dump truck. Yep, that is 100% made to carry this dinosaur. And he is riding around, having the time of his life, yep. standing up in the back like a teenager in a limo on his way to prom. 100%. Just driving around this town like it is normal. Oh, yeah. And they've got them tied up, and they are going to go to the morgue. Yep, they got to go to the morgue. you know it's the morgue, because when they pull up, there is a sign out front that says morgue. Yes. Uh, and this whole morgue scene. It's beautiful, because they are on a mission to find a new body, and there's plenty of options to choose from, and yep. they've just got to make their way around the room. And this is the first time that I think that um, that Denise Richards had a moment to do like a fun, goofy scene where she's not trying to be fun and goofy. Again, thanks to Byron. Because, yes, and it looks like this whole thing is improvised the way that they do it. It's not good, but it's, it's pretty clear that there wasn't a whole lot going on that day, and they just let the cameras roll. Because they're just going around the room making fun of all these people who are playing dead people. Yes. And I don't understand. So they open up this one drawer and pull out a guy you gotta find who a Byron one. is like, ooh, he's gorgeous. And she goes, she's kind of into it. And then Byron looks at his dick and Byron's like, he's perfect. And she goes, ooh, maybe for you. Is she saying that his dick is too big? I think that she is. I think she's afraid. I think that this... <clears throat> 
deceased man um, is probably, you know, suffering from some rigor mortis. And <laughs> he is probably enlarged to his fullest, you know, relaxed state. And I think she's intimidated. I just think he's a huge dick. And I don't understand why they play her character to be not that into huge dicks. Especially if she'd already in had sex with the dinosaur. Ooh, yeah, good point. Okay. I'm still trying to figure out if they're trying to tell us that she said sex with the dinosaur. I think it she comes did, back. But because they didn't have sex before. But yeah, which is also weird. So she decides in this moment that she shouldn't make this decision. That's right. She's got to let some autonomy. She needs to let Michael yes. pick his own body. So we have to hold up. Byron has to hold up bodies to the window for mm-hmm. Michael to choose from outside. None of these bodies are good enough. And the cops show up, so they've got a bolt. Well, and and it's weird because they go through all of them and one's too short. And then the next one, she says it's this like older black guy and she and and he says no. And then Byron's like, is this a race thing? And she's like, no, he just wants somebody cute. Right. Because Which was, he's too old. Because he was too old. But it was weird because it did seem like they were trying to say yes. that this, this guy is black. Specifically because the next person is an Asian. Is Asian. Man. And then they didn't comment on his race. No, but then they hold up the blonde girl again. And he has to think about it. Yeah, he has to think about it for a second because, you know, he'd like to maybe be a chick. Because why not? You know, because boobs. Right. and It's a real weird thing. Byron makes a comment that they could be like a thruple. Yeah. And which then, is interesting and very progressive for 93. Yeah, I, there's a lot of very... like Okay, so Byron being this, this gay character, I mean, I wouldn't say it's the most progressive portrayal, but there's <laughs> there's certainly some positivity in there. Sure. I, I just, it, it's very weird, and there's a lot of borderline in this scene that's that's real weird. Well, but it's like a, it's a bonker scene. The thing is, is that Michael never really gets to pick a body because we hear sirens. Yeah, the cops show up. And Helga and the doctor escape from the truck somehow. Hopping away. And they send the cops after Tammy and Byron and Michael the T-Rex. Right, so our bad guys get away again, easy, by just saying... That this is crazy. Yes. Essentially, they tell the cops that they stole his T-Rex. Correct. And cue our next slow speed chase oh, yeah. where one of the hillbilly sheriffs shouts, you stole a goddamn dinosaur. And Byron responds, he's my friend and I'm keeping That's him. That's one of my favorite things. He's my friend and I'm keeping him. Me too, buddy. And then he he gets in the car and he says, "Um, what did he say to... When, when they're trying to cha- run away from the cops, he says to her, hang, hang on, on to your, your boobs, boobs girl. girl. It's going to be a bumpy ride. And she does. She physically grabs her boobs. Correct. Which she would also do the same thing if you told her to pick herself up by her bootstraps. I guess so. She's she very literal. hopping around. So they go uh, They they go through this, this, this really low speed chase that ends up with them in a barn. Well, they, they go through And Byron the or- gets arrested. Yeah, yes. they pull into this orchard for some reason. I don't know right. where they got to Ojai. They're in the orchard. And Sheriff Black comes. This is Byron's dad. And he ain't having it. He has Byron arrested. Yeah, this is the first time he has him arrested. He's getting his son out of the way. And this is where we get the majestic sight of Tammy riding Michael away. Right. So that's the last time I'm like, okay, they got to stop showing this thing. Specifically because the taller of the two, Billy Sheriff, says... Says, damn, that girl can ride. I just... I... I couldn't deal when he said that. Correct. It was pretty amazing. But the problem is, again, 
every time they show this wide shot of it's the a dinosaur. terrible wide shot of her and him riding off together on a green screen her riding him off into it's, the sunset you gotta see it to believe it and the other thing that really stuck out to me is that she's praising him like a dog this whole time yeah she's constantly talking to him like good boy good and boy like, michael yeah it's real weird again back to this pet thing but this relationship she has developed with now dinosaur michael is super confusing it's really weird and then we have a real hard cut to a cross-country cyclist yes yeah, so they've basically rode off into the sunset and now we have to deal with this we have a cross-country cyclist. Yep. And, and actually, my thought was, oh, my God, there's another minority in this movie. There's you? a third African-American person in this really movie. I got really excited. And then I quickly realized it's just Byron in a full biker's cross-country biker gear because yes. he's got to really hammer home <clears throat> the fact that he drove a long way on his bike to yes. get there. Yes. And it, he's part of a boys club yes. of, of cyclists. I saw this on the back of his thing. They roll up to a, a barn. Byron goes up there and says, "Are you decent?" Yeah, you got to check. Which because she woke up with the fact that they're having right. barn sex, so she's definitely fucking this dinosaur. Has to be. And I'm I'm still trying to figure that out. Do, do they want us to think have that as little things as they do arms? I don't know. I know nothing about. It. You know what? Of all the things of dinosaurs that I know about and wanted to learn about as a kid, I never thought about dinosaur penises. Interesting. I'm going to have to Google that later. The whole world is are looking for these two. Yes. So it's a big deal at this point. So everyone knows what's going on. And consistently enough, Tammy is still all about trying to find a body for Michael. Right. That's their goal. They now just really want to find a body to put Michael in. And the cops show up. Yep. They were tracing. They were following Byron. They were following Byron very closely, by the way, down a dirt road. There's no world in which he didn't hear that car. Oh, but he's convinced he was not tailed. He was not tailed. So our two bumbling po- the cops show up and um, it's a they, hostage situation. They confirm that it's the dinosaur. Yep. Then more cops show up, meaning yep. the other two Crown Vicks they stuck. They, like, they clearly got to rent two cop cars, mm-hmm. and then they just had two Crown Vicks that they stuck little flashy the lights. The only on top non-convertibles of. in the film are yeah. police office police cars, and they need something that's white besides her because what? they have to go out. Oh, okay. So they decide they're going to wave a white flag and and, and give up without letting the dinosaur go out. So they come out waving her bra on a stick. And and Byron literally says, we need something white besides you. And then they come out with a bra. Correct. And then they come out and Gunther and, uh, and Helga show up. They the crazy doctor shows up out of nowhere. How did they get? How do they know where they are? And Tammy starts screaming because he put her boyfriend's brain in that thing. She keeps letting him know, and Doctor Gunther shows up with a, a big old gun that's definitely not a tranquilizer gun, but he keeps nope. telling the cops a tranquilizer gun, and then by invoking the American economy and saying that he's going to put America back on, he's going to put America back on top. He's going to MAGA. They let him go shoot the dinosaur. He convinces everyone. It's totally fine. That's all it takes. It's all good. I'm a doctor. Don't worry. I got this. Yep. And in the midst of all this, the cop, uh, Sheriff Black, has his son arrested again, which is a weird thing that he keeps doing. Um, I find that it's some kind of strange commentary on raising a uh, queer child in 1993. I, I don't know. It's very weird. So... They, the Doctor Gunther goes to the barn with his gun, and immediately gets his head, gets his body split in half. 
by yes. the dinosaur immediately. It, th- Unceremoniously. No yes. It they is kill Dr. Gunther. Dunzo. And then uh, to which. Chunking remains yes. at Helga. And Helga just runs away. And then this is when the cops start shooting, and Tammy and Byron start crying, They're crying and screaming, and out. everyone is firing at this animatronic dinosaur. And they this shoot all happens. The fuck out of my this head. happens so fast. And they finally they hold fire, and Tam runs to Michael's side, and Michael collapses in the barn, and everyone, including the hillbilly cops, are just so moved. They're crying. There's not a dry eye. No, and that would be the logical place to end. In fact, I even wrote, hmm, so that's the ending. They shoot it. And then I wrote, wait, okay, this ending makes perfect sense. Hard cut to. Tammy's bedroom. Oh my God, she is so happy driving home. She just got home in her little Toyota Celica. And it is a sexy little purple. Yep. Hugs her mom and dad, goes upstairs, and her mom's like, it's weird that she has him up there. She's so happy. Yeah. What's he doing up there? And it's weird that he's up there. How is he up there? Well, they know how he's up there. Oh, my God. They just think it's weird because it is because we cut to her room and Michael's brain is in a bowl of water connected to a bunch of electronics because science and he's able to just fully talk to her and see her through a video camera. Correct. So I think this this liquid is the leftover green dyed whiskey from St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> it's the goop and it's from bubbling. Yes, it's all the goop from the the scientist. It's place. all that science juice. Yes. And there's a camera, science and juice. we hear Paul Walker narrating over, and he's so excited to see her. Not narrating. He's talking to her. Well, yes. It, He's a, a voice. He's having a conversation with he her. He is a computer and he yep. sees through the camera. Yep. And still looking for that brain. This is her body to put that brain. She brings in. him a nice drink to pour over his brain. And she does that, which is weird, which I don't understand how that does anything. I think it's classy that he takes it neat though. <laughs> you know, for a teenager, I think that's a really mature move. Yeah. And so this is when we bookend the film the same way that we opened it. Only now, Tammy's a good dancer. Uh, she does like a full-on striptease. All white, feather yep. boa. I mean a full-on striptease down to her underwear in in front of Michael, who the whole time talks like he's at a strip club. Yes. Like, oh yeah, baby. And he's effectively living in her parents' home. Until he like, his brain sparks, which means he came. Yes. The sp- the sparking and the the noises he makes. Uh-huh. I I've never heard a man fake it before. Well, so essentially this movie ends on um a disembodied brain having an orgasm. Yes. And thus I Credits. end feeling disembodied and but without orgasm. Yeah. This movie is very, the ending is very anticlimactic, but at the same time, it makes perfect sense. It does. And I also feel like maybe she's an OG cam girl. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, this is like a whole like proto cam girl thing they've got going on. Yes. It was weird. (laughs) The end, it ends with him muttering about how she's got to get him a body. Yes, because he wants to have sex with her. Because the whole thing is 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 still he's still a teenage boy who needs to have sex with her, and he's still not had sex with her with a human body. No, but apparently with a dinosaur body. Yes, big old dino 
or little T-Rex. You don't know. I have no idea. And and honestly, so here's the thing with this movie. I I had a really good time watching it. Very entertaining. It was a it was a it was a ride. I don't think I could watch this movie again necessarily. I uh, I could, Maybe. but I would have to um it was just extra wacky and I'm not sure like I enjoyed this. Yes. It was fun. I would put it on um, in the background while I was doing something. Sure. I think that it would be a fun yeah. watch with your partner. I get that. Yeah, let's look at it like that. So let's take it from the angle of, of a couple. If you took... what At what point in a relationship should you share this movie with your significant oh, other? wow. Okay. So I think that this is a good... I think this is a good six-month movie oh okay i say you use this movie early on to see what your partner is made of right um you know you need to get through the the gore you need to get through the missing body sure um you need to get through the dick grabbing right you need to know what kind of partner you really have and what they can stand yep and if your partner can't enjoy any part of this movie, then they might not be able to enjoy you. Like if you if you watch this movie, if you watch this movie with your significant other, I think you're probably right. Somewhere in that six month range, I'd say like three to six months. You're not living together yet. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're not like you haven't not you want this before you move in with the person because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you really want to know how they're going to respond to this, mm-hmm. and and you really want to know whether or not you got yourself a girl that you can look at in all seriousness and just say. Hold on to your boobs, girl. It's gonna be a bumpy ride. I think that's what that's what that's what you're looking for. Yeah. And um I'd have to say if we want to rate this thing, I think I think mm. I think for this one. What kind of rating scale do you want to give this one? I say we need to rate this on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> one to ten um Things Helga would put in her mouth. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I'm gonna give this a. Um, I'm gonna give this six things to put in Helga's mouth. Six, huh? Yeah. See, I had a lot of fun. I did, it, it left me with a lot of questions. Right. Um, but it, it was definitely an energizing movie. Yeah, I I'm right there with you. I'm gonna say. It confused me so much sometimes. But I think when you get past the idea, when now that I know it was just like they had a week, they just made some bullshit up and then shot it. Mm-hmm. It tracks a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give this five things that you that Helga would put in her mouth. You know, and I think that's really fair. Right in the middle. Six yeah. and five. I think we're we're right there. It's 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 a it's a lot of fun. I think this would be more fun with a group of people. Yes. Um yes. watching it by yourself, it's like this would be a great barometer for figuring out, you know, that new friend's boyfriend if he's worth hanging out and investing. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, if you've got a friend who just got together with somebody, invite them over and watch this thing. Watch this thing in a group, a couple of couples. If anybody if anybody hates this movie and in like not a fun way hates it, then that person needs to leave because it's a very fun movie. It's just not. I I there are a lot of genre movies that I like better. 
Sure. This one is bad. Yeah. Oh, unequivocally. It's not a good movie. Oh, but it's fun. But it's certainly fun, and it's definitely a gem that uh, I'm glad that we've all discovered recently. And, you know, I might come back to it in a couple months or maybe a year or so once the um, the taste is kind of oh. worn off, yep. you know. Um, I don't know that I'll be able to make it through without having to pause for the occasional freak out and scream and sure. hilarious like, cackle of laughter. Um but I'll know now on the second time around that I don't need to pause for it. I'm not yeah. going to miss anything. That's fair. That one line was it. Yeah. That, <laughs> there's so many one lines. This movie has a lot of lines. I'm going to think about this this thing for a while. I'm glad that we saved this for this whole Corona apocalypse self-quarantining uh, uh, situation. This is a good one for that. And yeah. there'll be many more to come. 100%. And there will be many more to come. And if you would like to reach out to us and, I don't know, make suggestions, um, things that that you'd like to see us do, if you have questions, if you want advice for you and your significant other, I'm sure that we could come up with a nice segment of, of, of couples advice, particularly pertaining to how you deal with someone that likes these type of movies. Um, uh, you can shoot us an email at b.trothed. T-R-O-T-H-E-D at gmail.com. That's b.trothed at gmail.com. And if you want, you can follow me on Instagram, etc., which uh, at I am Chris Hayden. And I am at Katie May 2K. On the Instagrams and and all that stuff. Uh, please, we're going to try to do these, I guess, while we're in this whole quarantine time. We might try to put them out twice a week for a little while. Why not? Let's, um, let's, I'm watching a lot more movies than that, so yeah. we might as well. So we're going to do that. We're going to give it a shot to do uh, two a week for a little while, at least until we have a better idea of what's going on in the world. Um, and then we'll probably just taper it off to one a week, kind of do a normal schedule. But for now, you're going to get some content, uh, like it or not. So make sure you uh, rate and review, leave a comment, shoot us an email again at b.trothed at gmail.com. And um, until next week, you know... Peace out and die. Peace out and die. Fuck, wait, what did she say? Fuck off and die. Fuck off and die. Okay. So until next week. Fuck off and die. Fuck off and die. 